Welcome to my podcast, Worlds Collide. I'm the host of the show, Victoria Daute, and I talk with my international guests here in the show about the experiences they made in their new country versus their home country. Hi there, listeners. It's been a while since the last episode. I think it's been four weeks since I uploaded the last episode. And the reason for that is that I was back home in Germany visiting my family for three weeks. Yeah, and it was hard to find time or a quiet place to do the podcast. But today it's back with a story from Christian from Minnesota. And he lives now in Portugal. And here's a story how he ended up there. Here it is. Hi, Christian. Uh, thank you for being on my podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Um, it's quite hot here. Um, and unfortunately, my I've been with my, my wife today who's been pretty sick, which the heat doesn't help. But uh, I mean, other than that, things are going good. Okay. And you're um, calling today from Portugal. But I want to ask you first, where are you from originally? Yeah, so um, I'm from Minnesota. I'm from a uh, small town just barely considered within the Twin Cities uh, uh -huh. in Minnesota called Forest Lake, about 13,000 people. So okay. small town, mm -hmm. big state. Yeah. And um, what made you move abroad in the first place? And yes. So how did you end up in Portugal? Why are you there? <laughs> so yeah, the kind of <laughs> kind of like a, a strange occurrence of events just that uh -huh. the way it happened I, I I mean honestly speaking I knew hardly anything about Portugal um, mm -hmm. other than it being you know part of the Iberian Peninsula and the the sure. only other country there bordering with Spain that it's I didn't mm -hmm. know much mm -hmm. um, and so uh, at the time I was uh, living in Ireland I had done okay. a being the only European or the only country in the European Union, rather, uh, that has like a working holiday visa with the United States. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So it's the only one that after you finish any sort of uh, post high school degree, whether it's bachelor's uh -huh. or master's, um, you can do a working holiday visa. So it's one year um, mm -hmm. and it's it's not strict. You don't need to work in your area. Uh, you can actually just work in anything. So okay. um, I originally went there just for the reason of going. Um, yeah, sure. And then, just so, to have a year of experience. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, um, just kind of just running away kind of in a sense and doing something, doing something different, uh -huh. figuring out where I was going to go from there. For sure, yeah. Um, and, you know, um, so and myself, where, where were you in Ireland? I was in the the west coast in Galway because mm -hmm. okay. I I I didn't want to <laughs> I I was already aware of the housing problem in Dublin and didn't ah. want to go near it. <laughs> okay, I mean I don't know about the housing market in Dublin. Okay, it, it was, was it was, it was crazy. It, like most European cities, but at the sense of it being uh -huh. extremely expensive and and above all. Um, super hard to find somewhere to actually live. Like even if you were willing to pay it, you wouldn't necessarily get it. So mm -hmm. I I avoided that and went to small town. Okay, sure. From small town to small town. 
Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. well, from small town to it, it was quite hilarious for my family and even myself that um, what I first did, because, you know, just because you have the working holiday visa, you need to actually go through all of the bureaucratic loops of actually getting your identification, your, mm-hmm. your visa, yeah. your right to work. You know, it takes a few months. Oh, so okay. I, um, I do you know of WorkAway? No. It's it's like this uh, online platform where you look for people that will exchange like a bed and food for you to work. Oh, okay. Less, like 20 hours. It's like a woofing almost? Yes, it's the same thing. Same uh-huh. thing. Um, and so I did that with an Irish family on an oyster farm, being from oh, cool. a, a landlocked uh, M- Midwest United mm-hmm. States. Suddenly I'm waking up every morning going out at low tide and dealing with oysters. It's <laughs> actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, it was cool. Uh, and it definitely opened my eyes. I'm not from the sea. And so, uh-huh. um, you know, being in a place where in which you, you get up in a cold morning and you put on like this, uh, these rubber overalls and like boots and gloves and that never dry because they're always still cold because uh-huh. it's always rather cold and wet in yeah, the west coast of yeah, Ireland. So yeah. early in the morning, putting on that cold, sea-smelling oh. rubber. So, so it was, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it's like little it was different. Oh, yeah. But uh-huh. the family was really lovely and like helped me get on my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, they were hosting other people from all sorts of places. Uh, and this kind of like segues into the Portugal from the very beginning, funnily enough. Um Although, uh, if, if I was, you know, saying this to someone from Portugal, they'd be like, why is that the reason, uh, in a funny way that, um, staying at the same time were these, um, these two guys from the Basque country of Spain mm-hmm. and like through meeting them and, and doing an exchange of helping them, uh, with English cause they stayed a while. And then I was in the beginning of wanting to learn Spanish. Uh, so funny enough, I actually like committed to learning Spanish, like through this friendship with uh-huh. them. Um, and so through my time in, in the first months in being in like in Ireland, I actually ended up leaving Ireland and going and staying with their families in the Basque country to yeah. like uh, improve Spanish. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, even though that has nothing to do with Portugal, it actually partially well, was a part of my decision. You uh, already moved on. closer. Yeah. So basically, uh, to to cut all the things that come in between there for mm-hmm. to get back to the original question um like i decided on portugal for a few reasons being of um i found a, a master's program at a university here that was okay. in uh the area in which i wanted to study but mm-hmm. it was almost like a master's in the area dedicated to people who didn't study that in the bachelor's okay uh, so it was basically international relations for those who didn't study international relations in their bachelors. Okay. That's exactly what I was looking for. And part two of that master's that was extremely important because I was accepted to another's master's program in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. But here was one of the major differences Um, because, you know, same in the United States, same in, in the European union, same in basically anywhere. When you're not from there, you pay more, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. pay taxes. So it's, you ex- assume yeah. it, but the difference in um, in Holland 
was a someone from there paid two thousand euros a year, and uh-huh. someone not from there paid fourteen thousand euros oh, a year. Oh, okay. Whereas here in Portugal, it was like someone from here paid one thousand eight hundred, and someone not from here paid like two thousand four hundred. So oh, was, like way more you know, affordable. Exactly. So I did a. I chose the master's degree strongly part on sure. that. As well as in like in Holland, uh, as a student, you basically couldn't work. Whereas in Portugal, as a student, you could work a full time if you could make oh, it work perfect. with your schedule. Yes. Um, and so, you know, and also the the like staying afterwards part, you know, in Holland, you needed to find a job within, I think it's six months. Mm-hmm. In Portugal, you had a full year to find a job. And if okay. you found a job, it's quite easy to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was part of the decision making there. And then to tie back to the funny part, which I got completely wrong, um, you know, the the funny laugh at laugh at the 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 person from uh, the United States making the the assumption that, uh, you know, I was thinking uh, they have a border like Portugal's kind of you know locked by sea and Spain. Uh, they can't yeah. be that different. And you know, I was learning Spanish. I knew Portuguese was different, different so uh-huh. I could learn a different language. And mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking, you know, it couldn't be that different than Spain. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I found out rather quickly <laughs> that they kind of resent that oh yeah <laughs> so yeah it kind of it tied into that um I mean there was a lot in between uh, I had like gone back to Ireland to work again once I got accepted and so I did the whole process to move to Portugal while living in Ireland mm-hmm. And so it was, I mean, it was for the masters, it was for being, you know, in, in the South of Europe, it was for the, the possibility of staying here afterwards. I was Mm -hmm. kind of in that moment where the place that I wanted to, I knew that I wanted to do a master's degree because, uh, one, it was, you know, I wanted to do one Two, the reality of studying is like, it's one of those ways in which you can actually stay somewhere. Yeah. Um, especially when you're younger. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an entry way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, a large motivation behind it. And uh, truthfully, I also like, I, I did want to be in the South uh, as opposed to, you know, I was, I was in Ireland. I was like, I, it's rainy. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's a little bit nicer. The weather is better. Yeah, well, especially, you know, if I was in Porto, it would almost be Irish weather, but Lisbon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically a, a gist of why I chose here. Okay. And how how long are you there now? Uh, just coming up this next month, five years. Okay, so a while. And you are in Lisbon, you said? Yes, uh-huh. yeah, I'm in Lisbon. So do you remember, like, what the biggest differences for you were in the beginning like culturally i'd say like in in the in the beginning and like the small ones uh you know because it takes a while to to notice certain ones Mm -hmm. um but the the small ones was the um the funny thing about taking a ticket for anything that you do here in terms of like you go to get food at like a a, a restaurant or a, not like a sit down one but a one that you order at like the balcony yeah um and you you take a number and yeah you go to the supermarket you're going to go to like uh if you're going to go to the the butcher or the mm-hmm. the the bakery or anything that's within the market or anywhere uh-huh. you you take a number yeah. and they're so about in every bureaucratic institution 
at university, supermarkets, like everything, you take a number. <laughs> okay, so it's always a number. Well, here it's like when you go to the DMV, you get that number. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's not like something I didn't know about, but it was so ingrained in it's like everything that you do. So in much that you schedule a, a meeting with like um, the, it's called CEF, the Servicio Estrangero Fronteras Fronteras. It's like the immigration office. Uh-huh. Um you need to schedule the specific time, like as if it's a meeting, but when you show up for your meeting, you actually schedule the time of day for you to just take a ticket. Oh, so, I <laughs> see. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so you don't actually schedule a meeting. You schedule a time in which you can take a ticket and wait oh, again. That's weird, right? <laughs> and then you go see someone they see that you have everything that you need and uh-huh. then you go take another ticket. <laughs> and it's like, ah. so actually then you have to spend, way, you have to like calculate yeah. way more time. Uh, go, going to the immigration office here. I mean, it's, it's gotten quite rough in Portugal um, mm-hmm. within the last years in terms of the immigration offices, because they can't handle all of the influx. There's way more requests than there are people able to serve it. Mm-hmm. But um Yeah, just just like to that point. I mean, when every every person here that needs to go to that office knows full well that your your appointment could take two hours or could take six hours. You don't right. know. You need okay. you need to take basically the day the off. The whole day off. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Well. <laughs> So that was, well, that was one of the funny ones. It was one of just like the funny ones for me because uh-huh. I expect that in a bureaucratic government kind of environment, but I found it so funny just everywhere. Uh, Portugal would not be the first country that comes to my mind when I think of bureaucracy, you know, like Germany is like bureaucracy. Yeah, right. So you, you have more of the, I think you have more of the stereotype of the, of the, it's so painfully bureaucratic that Mm -hmm. like, no, no one gets an exception. Uh Whereas here it's the type of bureaucratic where when you go, every single person you have has a different answer. And basically what you want to get done may not get done, but everyone everyone is so aware of that, that it's kind of just like, yeah, whatever, you know, you, your, your document's been expired for 10 months. No big deal. You and everyone else. Oh, whatever. So everything is whatever. It depends always on the person that you're sitting in front of. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh, a commonly known thing here. It's funny because when I was in the, um, the Portuguese consulate in Dublin, Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting next to, I was having like, problems with, uh, with finalizing the visa and everything. And I was like, uh, expressing kind of some of those problems. And <laughs> the Portuguese man sitting next to me was just like, uh, he just, he was laughing and he was saying, welcome to the beginning of your time in Portugal. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's one of those things that like Portuguese people kind of almost like unite over their knowledge of, um, you know, that sort of stuff happening of that uh-huh. you need to go back and ask again and again and again, because the first person that told you something will tell you something completely different as the second person. Okay. But are they friendly about it? I mean, it, it sounds like they are. It, and I mean, in honesty, it depends who you are and who they mm. are. It's, I, I, I wouldn't be able to give a general answer on that. Yeah. I mean, of course you can't always make gen- generalities, but it completely depends who you are. Nice to me in general. Yeah. Um, you know, being who I am, being from the country that I'm from, they treat me far differently than they would treat someone from somewhere else necessarily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. And how long did it take you um, until you picked up on Portuguese? 
So in the in the beginning, um, I was speaking always Portuguese. Uh, it's what they call people. It's what they call uh, mostly those that speak Spanish speaking Portuguese. Uh, okay. So okay, the mix of it, it's it's speaking yeah. Spanish with Portuguese pronunciation. Uh huh. So, <laughs> is that Portuguese people understand it? Um, and so no one was correcting me uh, for so long. Uh, so I went nearly a year like that. Um, and then I met uh, the person that is now my my wife. Uh -huh. And I would say after meeting uh, her, it drastically changed my, my level of Portuguese. Because uh, was she honest to you about the mistakes yes. you made? Okay, yes. that's so she, helpful. She, she would tell me... Um, so she's from another Lusophonic country, not from Portugal. Mm -hmm. And so she like uh, she would tell me when I'd make mistakes, uh, especially in Portugal, uh, because they're so similar. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, even now, five years later, but she she tells me like, um, you can't say that. It's like this. If you say it like that, my grandma will have no idea what you're saying because uh, they don't understand Portugal like they do here. Uh, so I'd say to like to be more conversational and confident, it took probably a year and a half to two years. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I mean, it's it's been getting better. I getting would say better. that Spanish really helped and hurt at the same time. Yeah, the, that example, like I have um, a T-shirt, a Frida Kahlo T-shirt, and mm -hmm. it like, says something in, in Spanish in the back. And I was like, I don't know what that says. <laughs> and I was like, I am always like, don't want to wear that T-shirt because I don't know what it says. So I asked my friend who speaks Portuguese, like, hey, what is this? And she could translate it to me. It's like, okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've written like... They're so similar. I mean, extremely similar. Um, the 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 pronunciation, the the vocals are what's really different. And then I'm, the grammar. Um, but mm -hmm. they have so many false friends that ah. it slips you up because uh -huh. what you what you would think to say in Spanish, you know, it actually sounds right in Portuguese. It might even be a word, but it means something completely different. Right. And, yes. and, but then sometimes it is just the same thing with a port Portuguese pronunciation. So it's really... Uh. <laughs> okay, so it's just like um, a matter of practice. Yeah, it's really a yeah. matter of practice. Um, because even, uh, you know, in German you have you have the, 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 the gender, so you'll understand this. So uh -huh. um, yeah. imagine, maybe it is this way, but imagine like if um, you were in, in Austria... And their Austrian German that they had like the basically the same word sounded a bit different, but they use a different gender than you. Like it's yeah. So you've learned you've learned it this way, but now you need to say it with a different gender. <laughs> we have it also um, in English and German. We have um, the German word is bekommen, and mm -hmm. the English word become. Yeah, but it's not the same. Bekommen is get. So okay. so for example, you go to to whatever mcdonald's and you say hey i want can i become a cheeseburger because <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 what you think you want to say i want to get right. a cheeseburger but because becoming right. it just makes sense. It's become, become it's the same <laughs> yeah but it doesn't make any sense yeah that's funny <laughs> getting married did it uh, play part of um the was it part because of the visa thing no um so actually um the funny thing is is i mean yes and no in mm -hmm. terms of 
we actually got originally like started our discussion of marriage um, based on the we're both from countries that are not from the European Union. Ah, okay. Um, so uh, she's from Brazil. Uh, me mm. being from the United States, both of us only have passports from our ah, countries okay. of origin, uh-huh. but we're living in a third country. So, you know, COVID also sparked the whole conversation right. okay. even earlier. At first, you know, we were confronted with discussing, you know, what if you know, we don't know what's happening during COVID. Um, we were already experienced. We were in Brazil at the time of COVID. And, mm. you know, we couldn't get back to Portugal, which is the country mm. we lived in, but technically we were, we were you know, so it, it, it began us talking and thinking about, you know, like we, we want to have a life together. We need to think about also the, in reality of the, the easiest way to be recognized mm-hmm. uh, for your partnership internationally, no matter where you choose is marriage. Yeah. And so that was originally the discussion, which actually stemmed into you know, we didn't just happen from there. We actually then began talking about it seriously in not only the bureaucratic means of it, even though it started with the bureaucratic uh, principles of what it could do for our relationship, Mm -hmm. it became more than that. Um, And so in terms of, was it for the visa? It was for the, us being able to have a visa together. Um, yeah. Okay. But no, neither of us were doing it for the visa of the other person. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> well, it's um, it always uh, a lot of people getting married because otherwise they cannot keep their relationship going. Right. And, yeah. Right. I'm, and you know, that's that's something also. It's it's interesting in the like talking in the the marriage realm of when you when you get into this this realm of internationals like when you're in a third country people from different countries and you have friends maybe from there you know like i i i i tend to find that couples that are uh from the same place you know don't have to have that serious conversation as early you know whether that be regional even you know european union you know you're not you don't need you don't have to be worried that you're going to get separated by that Mm -hmm. whereas when you're from two different countries with completely different regional agreements or you're in a third country uh, where neither of you benefit from that regional agreement, you know, I find that the international community, when they do get in serious relationships, uh, not always, of course, but they need, they need to have this conversation earlier. Yeah, exactly. It's a big part of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cause like, you know, like, Hey, my visa runs out in two years. What are exactly. we going to do then? Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, certain countries do have the um, the stable unions and the relationships that are recognized if you've been living together for mm-hmm. X amount of years. But, you know, not everywhere necessarily. Exactly. It um, depends. Yeah. How did your family react when you decided that you wanted to stay in Europe? They weren't surprised. Um, oh, OK. <laughs> specific, specifically not my father. I mean... Um, I grew up, um, always like, I wouldn't say always, maybe by, by the time I was like eight or nine, um, I was talking a lot about wanting to go somewhere. You know, I, I was saving up my, my birthday money, et cetera, to go to, to China when I was like 10 years old, because oh, my, wow. my aunts and uncle, um, uh, my aunt and uncle had adopted, um, a child 
from uh-huh. uh, Beijing, uh-huh. and it like it made me then. I, it kind of sparked me to uh-huh. becoming interested in you know. There's this whole other reality that I have no idea at, and thinking about it in a ten year old's eyes, like uh-huh. it was this mysterious thing. Also, so you know, I was saving my money to go to China at first, and wow. then later I was saving my money when I was a teenager. I wanted to move to New Zealand, and that mm-hmm. like I, I had these ideas where I thought that I wanted to move. Um, and so the, after the first time that I went uh, away from the United States, uh, my, my father, and then I came back, uh, my father knew that it was only a matter of time before I left again, and he knew it would be for a longer amount of time. Okay. Okay. So they were my not- grandparents weren't surprised. No one was really surprised, but my, my father beyond surprised, he was just like, you know, maybe it was that, uh, affirmative thinking, you know, that also pushed him, you know, saying it all the time too, was like kind of a push towards it. You never know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Do they come visit? No, <laughs> <laughs> they, they've, uh, no one in my family has been, uh, in the, the different places that I've, that I've lived. Oh, uh, interesting. I've, I've technically only like uh, visa wise lived only in, in the West of uh-huh. uh, Europe. Um, but they have where they had actually visited. Um, they couldn't get away with any excuse this time as we, we had, um, even though our, our legal marriage was in Portugal mm-hmm. during COVID with yeah. only two other people and masks, et cetera. Sure, uh, our celebration, uh-huh. exactly. Our celebration uh, was in Brazil and my, my father and bl- brother flew down. Uh, okay. So it was, my brother got a passport so he could go. <laughs> oh, he just got uh, a passport for you. So no. Yeah. Yeah. And it was my father's first time out of the country in like 20 years. That's a big deal. He, he had left before, but not in like 20, 30 years. Uh-huh. Well, now they have a passport. No, yeah, now my brother has a passport, so now you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no excuse not to come. Yeah, and it's such a—I mean, Portugal is like famous to be such a cool place. Yeah, it's it's certainly like uh, when you talk with anyone here, it's been uh, within the last decade, um, it's exploded. The mm, yeah, for sure, it's become like the it's it's become fad in in some senses. Okay. Um, but specifically Lisbon, and it's only increasingly, it was already getting that way before, um, before I had moved here. But mm-hmm. since I've been here, um, it's only, you know, spice. And then since COVID, uh, it's only exasperated, like, uh, especially the people from the United States in Portugal has like, exploded. Oh. Um, and it's been in the last two two years that that happened with people from the U.S. Oh, because I know a lot of other people from Europe moved to Portugal. Oh, for sure, for sure. There's, yeah. uh, I mean, I think it's kind of this way in any capital within uh, probably many places, but specifically like in the European Union. I think almost every capital you find more people not from there than from there. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I mean, all these more billions of people they have to go somewhere yeah yeah well and and then and then so many like you know the young generation in portugal is all moving north well the the people from the north are coming to lisbon because it's warm but they're coming here for a year or two and then going Mm. back like my master's degree was full of people who i think there's like of us that are international students that Uh i'm aware of i can be wrong that i'm aware of of that contact I believe there's about 
five or six of us, almost everybody. And, and also in my wife, she at, nearly everybody that was international has now left within that time. Frame. Okay. Okay. So um, do you have um, friends left? Yeah. I mean, it's been, um, it's, that's kind of been one of the, the, the things that's been, you know, shaky in terms of we, we decided, cause we were both at that point, we wanted to be somewhere, at least we're going to be for a while. Yeah. Um, and cause the, I was previously doing the, the hopping around and that gets, it gets tiring when it's mm, yeah. one after I, like, and you don't feel like you're actually putting yourself anywhere. You're distracting yourself constantly. Yeah. Um, And so with, in terms with friends, it's been like the, I, I have like, uh, most of the people that I was friends with, uh, in the beginning, most of them have gone, not all of them. I also mm -hmm. have, um, you know, even some, some Portuguese friends from when I first moved here that they now either don't live here, or I do have the ones that do live here, but we're not, we're not as close as we were when we yeah. were first here. So it's, um, there's, there's a few But yeah, it's been a lot of like every few years, it's been also meeting new people. So like the, the closest people I am with right now here are not people I knew within like the first two, three years of being I here. I see. Mm -hmm. And do you have more friends from everywhere or um, fr Portuguese friends? Or? It's, it's, it's mostly uh, people from other places mm -hmm. um, and there and a few Portuguese friends so th there are some, but not uh, less than the the people from elsewhere. For and sure. do you and with your friends, do you speak more English or um, Portuguese? Mostly uh, English. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's one of the things that I always uh, that I always kind of joke about being stubborn about is how um, I often want to to practice Portuguese, yeah. and I'll find it that always. Always, always, no matter when we, we go with some friends or we're with friends that like everybody speaks Portuguese, there ends up being one person that can. And then we need to speak English. English, which, you okay. Know, I can't, can't be rude because, of course, I know what that's like also being somewhere else where I'm not the person that speaks mm -hmm. the common language. So, and it's uh, easier um, for you probably too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, it's most mostly always uh, in English. Would you be able to get around without Portuguese though in in Lisbon? Oh, completely. Most people do. Like you could, yeah. You could live here. Not that you should. Many people do. Yeah. Not that you should. But you can. You can easily live here and say speak almost nothing. Um, uh -huh. Almost everywhere you go, if if the direct person you're speaking to doesn't, there's someone nearby who does. Um, okay. You know, it's it's not going to be that way if you go to the interior necessarily, but like in in Lisbon for sure I mean it's it's one of those funny things of being with like uh with English being my my first language and I think it's something that a lot of English speakers experience in that more more and more uh when you go places the youth have in English words so integrated within you know meme culture the internet and so you have like uh I walk around and I hear kids speaking Portuguese and then instantly switching to like perfect English words that are just, right. you know, they're swearing they, in English or <laughs> they just catch it up on YouTube yeah. or on other social networking. For yeah, platforms. I, I, yeah. I worked in like a summer school here one summer. Um, and so I was, I was with kids aging from like four to, I think it was like 10. And, you know, I had 
six, seven, eight year olds, you know, swearing in English, but it meant nothing. It meant nothing. But for yeah. me, it was so hilarious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. They have no idea what they say. Yeah, they don't know what they're saying. And their parents really don't care either. Even though their parents know what it means, it's just like it doesn't have the effect anymore because it's right. It's the word doesn't have its its strength, its meaning. Yeah, yeah, I I understand. Yeah. And um, how often do you go back to the U.S.? Or have you been at all? Yeah, so um, I went back to the U.S. for the first time. Um, what was it? It was two years. So I, I was gone for, I think it was four years before going back for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and okay, so that's... since then, I have been twice. Yeah, okay. twice. And how is it? Um, I mean, it was so short. So the, the first time I actually went, uh, funny enough, I, I went for a, a new job that hired me while I was living in Portugal. And they uh -huh. flew me to, to Boston for like the first week to start work. Um, okay. And so actually, I just went to Boston and mm -hmm. not, not to see my family because, you know, All right. you, you live in the it's U.S. So you know that Boston's not close to Minnesota. No, no it's hard. <laughs> so, so, and it was only for, you know, five days. So it was very right. quick. I think the main thing was just, you know, it's, it's not something that I necessarily forget, but it's just the reminder of like how many parking lots there are. Oh, my God. <laughs> So much space for the parking lot. Because not not only the car thing. Because okay, if you go small town here, there people still need cars to get around. Yeah. In in many places, so it's I think a lot a lot of people mention the car thing, and there is truth to it. But if you know, not everywhere has great public transportation. Mm. In necessarily in a lot of countries. I mean, you have the autobahn in Germany, but then if you don't live, you still need to get drive to the train, etc. Yeah. Um, If you're, I, that's oh, where sorry. I'm from. Deutschbahn, like, not Adelman. <laughs> yeah, but oh yeah, but um, like where my family lives, you need a you need a car because right. you're still in the middle of the countryside. Um, if you want to walk to the next shop, it's like a 45 minute walk. Exactly. You know? So And... so you need a car to get to school, to the shops, to work, mm -hmm. to the doctor's appointment. Exactly, and so so like it's it's not as much that as the parking lots as the mm. not nothing i mean you know east coast from from the places i've been it's better about it but i'm from the midwest where uh um, so time i did go back exactly where it's like <laughs> nothing is designed for people to walk I know, I know. I don't get it. Like here, well, you're in Texas. That's like the worst, like the worst of the worst. There's no, there's. I mean, like where in our neighborhood there are um, sidewalks, mm -hmm. but but that's like a, the exemption. Mm -hmm. Like and and people look weird at you when you exactly. walk. Exactly. <laughs> yes. so, so, so I was when I went back in. To, I, I think it was fate to be this way. That the 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 second time when I went back to the US, I did go to. So it was with my work again. Um, and they, they like, they sent me to very quick things that it was, I went like Philadelphia, DC, then they, 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 I took a week off to go visit, uh, my family in, since I was going to go to also Chicago. And I, I went to both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, but while I was there, it was February. So the coldest month of the uh -huh. year, um, 
And I was, I was greeted with like a minus 20 getting off the flight <laughs> and it was like, nice. yeah, I'm back. Really um, cold. And it, it was, you know, it was, it was great to see family. Um, it was great to, to, um, meet my, my sister's boyfriend to, to see my grandpa who it, it ended up being like the last time that I saw my grandpa. Um, mm-hmm. and just being there back with family, it was, I mean, it was too fast, um, sure. but it was good to see them and to be with them. But it was certainly the, the, the thing that stuck out to me remembering, I mean, granted it was winter, but, uh, since I, I didn't have a car there, I was just visiting. I had, I was going to renew my driver's license and my dad mm-hmm. lived like a 40 minute walk from the DMV. So in February, I just put on enough clothes, correct clothes to go walk to the DMV. And I remember <laughs> the looks people giving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you will be freezing. But I mean, minus 20 is really cold. Yeah. I mean, that's fair though, that people were looking. But it's so minus, it, it is, but when it's sunny and, um, right. And like more dry, and you're dressed correctly. It's, it's I'd, I'd say that the Irish winter was one of the the worst in terms of just being. It's not as cold, but you're wet all the time. Okay, so you have like a dry, dry air. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. In, That's not in so February, bad. It's very dry, so it's it's not as bad. I'd say. I mean, it's still cold, but yeah, it's that being wet. It's so much worse. Yeah, I think where you are, and every city is different, but they have this weird zoning. Mm-hmm. in the u.s um that yeah. like for each apartment for each bedroom you need one parking spot yeah so and that's it's... why they have these enormous parking spots but i mean and, and, they would be and... like so much you could do so much other stuff like put them underground or something so you don't have to have that ugly space and and that's changing in certain states and certain cities and some cities mm-hmm. didn't have as bad of zoning but you know it completely gets it's like in the United States, what that did a lot was in many places kills off those small stores, not only because of the massive supermarket uh, model, but also the, you know, it, you, you can't put a supermarket under apartment buildings or like a small market in many places. Um, The zoning, you need to have parking lots for, you want a small deli, you know, of course they don't have that in like New York. It's, That's no, that's different. Rational. No, <laughs> right. no, no, no. <laughs> that wouldn't be in New York if they had that zoning. And and like some of it comes from an area of making sense of like, all right, certain neighborhoods they don't want, they don't want businesses necessarily. But mm-hmm. like, in in the end, I just remembered, like, because I I always had in in my mind the okay, I remember things in the United States, especially the Midwest. Things are very big. Roads are very big. Driving a lot. But then it was one of the things that struck me again was also just the how much space is taking my parking lots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because that's what I'm always saying. It's like so much concrete here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Other places are a little bit, I don't know, have other things than concrete. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, I mean, even the, the streets are already so big, you know, that you have mm-hmm. like so many l- lanes. And then you have right. so much parking lots. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's it's so much, um, yeah, it's so designed for cars. It is, it's, especially depending on the state and city. You uh-huh. know, the United States, it's, you you know, living there that it's it's a lot of countries within a country, even though it's yeah, the yeah, unifiedness. Exactly. It's, it it's, it's so different depending it on is, where you are. It depends where you are, 100%. Yeah. 
But would you ever consider moving back? Yes. Um, so I am actually, you know, in, in the process, it's a long oh. one, um, but in the process of also uh, moving back to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that also comes with like a, it's been a, a process of like the original reasons of which going away, um, you know, I had a lot of like disdain towards like coming from a small town. Um, and I, I labeled so much of um, my experience in a small town in the Midwest as mm-hmm. being the United States. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, actually even my, my, my wife had done a lot of help in my progress of like, what is it that I don't like about the United States? Why uh-huh. is it that I don't like this about the United States? Um, so I think I got a lot more appreciation for mm-hmm. the things that the United States does have uh-huh. um, through a progress of years of being away. Because um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's really easy to critique. Um, but you also need to look and see that you, not everything is always bad. If you yeah, look for the yeah, bad, yeah. Uh-huh. you'll find it. <laughs> Yeah, that, but that's everywhere. You mm-hmm. always find. I mean, that's the easiest p- part, right? Finding the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it and is, don't appreciate really. because yeah, nobody appreciates ever the good stuff because that's always a given, kinda. Right. Um, and so it's 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 kind of funny, like in the in the terms of the the going back. It it was also a um, a process of a choice in terms of. Um, that the I was con- confronting of the what what so much is like my feelings towards going back to the United States of why do I why do I want mm-hmm. to but not want to you know because some days uh-huh. I would be like do I want to do I not want to mm-hmm. um, and it's all this process also of I think confronting that whole thinking that because you're in a different place uh, mm-hmm. like s- something is necessarily different um, but I think it's also part part of for myself it was confronting that part of living in another country many times this privilege when you're going there for a privileged reason um because i you know my choice going somewhere because i can or yeah yeah uh, yeah. much easier than other people's forced realities or uh, different realities that um many times it's this very privileged thing of not having to be involved in the problems because you're distanced you know, yeah. you don't have to care about politics because it's not your country. Something bad happens like, oh, yeah. mm, but, you know, it's not you, you don't have the same feeling. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And I think that's also something that I miss in terms of going back to the United States. It's it's this mixed thing of, you know, I don't feel patriotic, but also it's this it's the country in which I come from. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, that has influences over me and who I am. Is your uh, wife excited to move to yeah, the US? Yes, yeah. yes and no. Uh, in terms of it's also a process for her in terms of um, she's never been there. Uh-huh. Um, oh, you know, okay. She doesn't, necessarily uh. know, she doesn't necessarily know what it's going to be like. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, there's things that always there can be you, you can look at the good and bad, the pros and cons. Yeah. Um, but you know, she she's ultimately excited in the the aspect also of we will feel a lot more stability in making choices forward mm-hmm. um because we'll be you know when, when we're there together the we 
we feel that the as being a young couple in 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 terms of career in terms of like building a community around us mm-hmm. um that's where we we feel that we're going to be able to do that mm-hmm. and so yeah. she she's excited for being able to be in a place that well that that we hope that when we we stop that we can actually live like we're going to be living there because right. you know sometimes when you're living somewhere and you stop yourself from doing stuff like, ah, I'm not going to buy that because we're not staying for 10 I know, years. So that's, no. <laughs> I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I you, know restrict, that. you restrict yourself so much, me more than her, and she gets mad at me for it. I'm sorry if she, <laughs> but, uh-huh. but it's, it's this constant restriction of even if like you are going to stay someone for three years or you, you have like this, you have this idea that I know I'm going to be here for that long, but you still kind of stop yourself. Because yeah. it's like, it's this temporary feeling. So mm-hmm. we want also that, um, that more permanent feeling that mm-hmm. who knows, maybe United States isn't the end place that we, we yeah, want to live. But, um, you know, there, one of like going back to one of the things that is positive about uh, the United States, even though not everything is about career for sure. And you need to make space for other things in your life. But uh United States gets this idea that everyone is only all work, work, work. But in reality, depending on like the career that you go yeah, into mm-hmm. or the, the growth in career, lots of places actually give you extremely good benefits. And we're we're looking forward to feeling more stable in that career environment. Because in, in Portugal, you can have your career, but like you kind of stay put. And maybe 10 years later, you're barely in a different place than you were. Uh, okay. So you kind of don't have like the opportunity to step up the ladder kind of? Yeah, to, to move uh-huh. up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's a thing that a lot of Portuguese people feel as well. Talking with them, uh, a lot of people, he, they, they, they move north to mm-hmm. get a career to come back once they've built up uh, their career okay. for a decade or so. Um, right. uh-huh. And... So it's it's one of those things that like um you know a career it's or rather like the job movement and things is having that part of stability in your life it's you don't want to make your life about it but it's also something important. <laughs> yeah. So um so is that plan set in stone? It's in, it's set in stone in as much as where we've applied for the spousal visa. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you know how long that takes, but... <laughs> uh, no, I don't. But I think there are other places where it's easier. It's long. And it's it's, it's long. not necessarily difficult. It's more that it's just long. Yeah, I think... I mean, I have I have friends who went through that process. And I mean, I, di- I don't know how... I think like she could come right away, but she had to wait... A long time for her uh, work permit okay ah uh, so they probably did like the, the fiance visa so then when they, well, they got, were already like, they were already married oh really okay yeah well for for us it's been the it's it's a it's a long waiting game and mm, yeah covid made it worse um and so it's you know it's 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 in the plan in and as much as that we 
it's it's this difficult thing that even for example the the, the organization USCIS and like the where you apply in the United States mm-hmm. they straight up tell you when making the application um, like don't change your life plans anytime soon inter- pretend you didn't apply yeah well, yeah well just like pretend you didn't apply because you don't know how long it's going to take more or less that, those aren't the exact words but like um, don't quit your job don't don't do this stuff until you're further in the process mm-hmm. so um, you know it's it's this kind of this hiatus of you're supposed to just keep living your life where you are but you have like this idea that you're going to move somewhere in a given amount of time um so it's it's the plan for now it has been uh and we're just waiting for the first response and then it goes to like green card stage and then we need to do we she needs to do like a an interview uh in paris funny enough because the the consulate in lisbon doesn't do interviews (laughs) hmm oh well that's a nice excuse to go to paris for a week or so for a few days oh well i hope that doesn't take too long because well, I don't know. I think it will take long, so I hope it goes quick. <laughs> the waiting time. Yeah, we can hope, but yeah. And in the meantime, you know, we we are in as much as we every day comes different with it for that. But we are, you know, we're we're fortunate and happy that we we're still in the same place and we can still just live while we're being here. Yeah. Um, many people do have to do the waiting game while one person is still in one country and the other in another and visiting so we we never did that and we never planned that way we always Uh wanted to be in the same place and if we were going to like apply for different places we're gonna wait together one other question is there anything that you really miss so i'd say in the united like specifically where i'm from what i miss is the fall I miss mm. uh, the autumn, the the whole the changing of the color of leaves, the mm-hmm. whole uh, cool mornings, hot days, cool nights. Uh, mm-hmm. And in Minnesota, it's a place of uh, ten thousand lakes, and so we have this this very much this lake life ingrained in us, especially uh-huh. for our very short summer. It's all we want to do when we can. Um, people in the winter also go ice fishing, but in the in the fall that. Uh, the bonfires, the 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 lake stuff, like uh, whether it's skiing or like water skiing, uh-huh. um, and yeah, just that that fall environment. I'd say that's the the thing that I get uh, a, like a a missing a, a feeling of missing the most. Yeah, yeah, I think fall is the greatest time of the year yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It you it's it's that bittersweet because you know what comes next, but you enjoy it while you're in fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it depends where you are. If you are in yeah. Minnesota, for sure, you're yeah, probably yeah, scared yeah. of winter. But here, the winter is not existed. I mean, here yeah. the winter is more like the fall. Mm-hmm. And how do the Portuguese react to Americans usually? So, um, I'll, I'll just throw the funny one out there that. Uh-huh. Uh, just like Americans, which country in America? United States. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, I meant the US, yes. Um, United States. Um, the the way they react, I mean, it's, it's changing right now. Um, but overall, I mean, they have this, this curiosity, already also have an opinion, but I think that's something from 
being from the United States, that almost everybody anywhere you go already has a, an opinion formulated mm-hmm. of uh, the United States because, you know, we inundate like our, our, our movies, our everything that right. in many places, you've, you've, many people have already seen it since they're young. Um, so a lot of people, I mean, they don't, they, they react to me as, um, I would say overall in a well manner mm-hmm. in terms of thinking that, uh, you know, a curiosity of what brings you here, you know, that, that, that's like slowly changing as more people from the United States are coming here. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the curiosity of, um, why I'm here. Uh, I get the, the, like the, the, the praise for, for speaking Portuguese, uh, but the, I'd say overall, they react in a well-mannered way and that they're, the, the funny thing is usually they, they, they'll, they'll want to ask a question about, normally it's first where from, and then mm-hmm. um, when I say Minnesota, nine out of what ten is- don't know what a Minnesota <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> funny enough, though, if they're, a, uh, if they're someone who's younger, they... And if they know anything about sports, I've, it's been something that I've noticed so much that people know places in the United States by their sports teams. Uh, okay. So I've noticed more of a trend of people knowing Minnesota because of sports teams. So yeah, I mean, I'd say that th- that's usually uh, in the beginning. And then if, if it goes beyond there, uh, people always have their opinions about uh, the United States and uh-huh, okay. whatever the topic is they want to ask me uh, ask what I think about that topic. Do you mean like it's changing now because so many people are moving to Lisbon yes. right now? So 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 it's 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 a contrast in terms of um, not of course not everyone thinks this but there's a growing resentment of mm-hmm. um, this gentrification that comes along with it. Right. This um, having like uh, the 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 average person from the United States that's coming here is uh, it's people more middle aged or retiring that are mm-hmm. coming with a much higher economic power and yeah. spending way more than someone here would. Um, yeah, and so it's drives up the prices. Yeah, and it's coming. So it I would not say that by any means that like uh, every person has this but it's 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 you can feel the growingness of it Mm -hmm. that's more what i i've seen Uh, and then people also being i guess since it's the old like more people that are older that are coming you you hear mainly people because um i'm 27 i hear people more around my age just suddenly in the streets as tourists um but then it's actually people here moving here buying property that I um, I've I've started to hear more resentment about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So our time is coming to an end, though. <laughs> But um, thank you for your time. Of it was course. really interesting to hear your story. Yes, it was very nice to meet you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Christian, for sharing your story again. I thought this had some really true aspects, um, especially the discussion of marriage. And I thought it was also really funny um, about the bureaucracy in Portugal. Good luck to you with moving back to the US and especially uh, for your wife because it will be a totally new experience and I hope you will like it. Uh, They chose Portland as their new destination and yeah, I like Portland. It's uh, probably it'll be a great fit for the two. And 
I had to look up what Lucifonic means. <laughs> um, in case anybody else wondered, it's uh, Portuguese speaking. That's it. Um, yeah, and everybody, thanks for listening this week. I hope you tune in next week. And um, as always, if you want, you, you can follow this podcast on Instagram. It's Worlds Collide Pod, one word. Or send an email to Gmail. And um, all the info you need is also in the show notes. Okay. See you soon. Bye bye.